You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I created this podcast along with everything I do at yourparentingmentor.com to support and inspire you to be the best parent you can be. I know for a fact and from experience that parenting was never meant to be done alone. From conception to preschool, my mission is to give you the tools, strategies, and knowledge to embrace and elevate your parenting experience. I'm dedicated to supporting, inspiring, and guiding you to nurture your child's immense potential with as much joy and ease as humanly possible. Make sure to take time to check out all of the resources I have gathered for you in the show notes, as well as on my website, yourparentingmentor.com. And be sure to get on my email list so you do not miss a single episode and other products and events I curate specifically for you. And please do not hesitate to reach out if you have any questions, concerns, or feedback. A warm welcome to you and thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome back to The Art of Parenting. This is your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. And today I have Alana Gallo that I'm very excited to be talking about. We've been kind of uh, <laughs> missing and she's been traveling and all this, but we're finally on a call together uh, to talk about all, all sorts of things. So again, thank you, Alana, for being here with us today and making the time. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I know we've missed each other a few times. It's been a little crazy, but hey, we made it happen. Yeah. Well, I know you've been traveling and I, and I want to talk more about that. Um, but first, I would love for you to define what the art of parenting means to you. Oh, I love that question. Um, it's so interesting. I was actually thinking about the name of this show this morning. Um, and I think for me, uh, we feel often like parenting is something we have to be doing all the time. Um, kind of like this act, right? Doing to somebody. And I think for me, what I've really realized over the past almost eight years as a parent is that parenting is really about building a relationship. Um, and to do that, I mean, the art of parenting is just the perfect phrase to describe it because it, it's not a, you know, there is science involved, right? There are sort of these things that we know from child development perspective, um, from a scientific perspective, but it really is such a, an art, a masterpiece that you're creating as in this relationship with your, ch with your child or with your children, um, and I think it takes a lot of nuance and it takes a lot of um, creativity sometimes. Um, and so I just absolutely love that phrase. I think it really speaks to me 100%. Yes, and definitely a lot of creativity. I like that thinking outside the box. <laughs> so before we get too involved in our conversation, I would love if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you came to do the work that you're doing today. Absolutely. So I was an educator in the public school system for a little over a decade, um, got my master's in education. I was really drawn to it. Um, I loved obviously working with children. Um, I was working with teens at the time, uh, middle school and high school aged. And after about a decade, it just became very clear to me that I wasn't getting 
where I wanted to get, if that makes sense. Um, inside of the classroom was turning more and more difficult in terms of keeping kids off their, you know, off their phones. The soft skills that the kids were were lacking was just eating away at me. Uh, I ended up having my children, and from there, I started to really dive into more of the early childhood development, the brain science behind um, child development, and because I was starting to prepare to be a parent. And so I kind of just went off on this um, this path where I wanted to create uh, an educational platform, if you will, that would really help parents understand sort of best practices in parenting and in education so that they were well-informed um, in a way that was just very relatable and kind of coming from it. Like I, you know, I'm doing this every day and um, super authentic, not really sugarcoating anything uh, because I felt like if I could reach parents for them to really develop their skills, that would in turn translate into obviously the children and the way that they're being raised and the types of life skills and thinking skills that they end up having eventually down the road. Um, so that was why I, I launched Play, Learn, Thrive. And it's just really turned from a, a passion project uh, because people were kind of asking me, oh, you give great advice. Why don't you start a blog? And I'm like, what is that? Um, so I started that and it, and it just has morphed into uh, more of a larger, a larger thing. Um, where we have a TV show that's in production right now, and we have our obviously our, our blog and our social media, um, and just I do some consulting and things like that. So it's been a really great way to take my background as an educator and turn it into something a little bit different. Wonderful. And a TV show, that sounds very exciting. That's a big project there. Uh, wonderful. And I know that that you have four children, you're, you're a parent of four children, and that you've been traveling quite a bit uh, with them. And I'd, I'd love to to kind of dive deep into that because I know I've, I feel that a lot of parents, at least in the early years, think that you know, traveling is no longer <laughs> for them because they have children and it's just too complicated and so forth. And I know I traveled with my children from, you know, day one, I think the first international trip, I think my daughter was maybe four months. So I know that it's possible. And I've traveled with them, you know, all the time. Yeah, I would love for you to maybe, you know, for those parents who who love to travel or, or love to to travel before having children, and now they have children, and they think, oh, that's, you know, something of the past, I'll have to wait <laughs> another, you know, 18 years or something. Can you like give them some word of encouragement of you know how important it is to travel and 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 how do you do it? Yeah, so I think so. I'll just give a little background. We sold all of our stuff back in June of this past summer, and we started traveling, uh, living a very nomadic lifestyle. So we lived in the Dominican Republic, Greece, Portugal. We visited Turkey for about ten days, um, and we lived in Mexico. Um, we moved around, obviously, a bunch in the past nine months. Uh, every one to sort of one to three months in a in a specific location. I think. One of the things is the reason why we wanted to lean so much into travel with our kids was because I know that so much learning happens during that travel time. So whether it's the actual travel time where you're waiting in line and even though you might not think your child is learning something, they are, they're always learning. And so they're learning how to wait in line, right? They're learning 
how to have patience, uh, how to be flexible. So it's all these soft skills that are developed through travel um, in my mind. And obviously then in addition to being exposed to different culture and people and foods and just ways of life. And I think that that helps shape children. So even though, you know, I always got the argument of saying, well, you know, they're not going to remember. And my argument back is that they might not remember, but their brain's going to remember. So their their brains and their bodies are going to remember in the sense that it's going to be etched in them, right? They, they've gone through these experiences. Um, and so even though they might not remember the details of where we've been, which I mean, my kids are eight, uh, almost eight, six, um, four, and almost two. So, you know, some of them will, some of them won't to different degrees, but I think that the experience in and of itself um, changes the, the, the way that their brains are developing um, and gives them so much opportunity to learn through doing, learn through seeing new things, um, you know, feeling a little uncomfortable in a situation, learning how to adapt, you know, feeling like they're bored because they're waiting at an airport and learning how to overcome that. So there's just so many things that kids are learning beyond the walls of a classroom. And I just think that that's such an important experience. So we and I, um, you know, encourage parents. I know it feels, I think everything in parenting in the moment feels almost impossible. My biggest thing has been shifting my mindset to really just embrace the chaos of it and know that, you know, all the things that we're doing with our kids are really are having an impact on them and their development. And so, you know, even if it's messy, even if you're feeling overwhelmed, or if you can only go to a neighboring, you know, um, city for a night away or something, all of those things, um, even just regular experiences, right? Going on hikes, going to see um, the beach, going to an aquarium, to a museum, all of those different types of experiences are shaping our children. And so I just think as much as we can, exposing them to all of that stuff is key to developing kids who are well-rounded, uh, well-versed in culture, you know, and just really adaptable and flexible, which are two huge life skills that are going to be needed in the future. Definitely, definitely. And, and, you know, in Montessori, we talk about the the absorbent mind that for that mind of the, the first six years. So yes, you know, even your your two year old is absorbing so much in the travel and so, so important. Um, and just and just to me, just, um, you know, expanding that that community that it becomes a, a world community as as opposed to just our neighborhood or or just the school setting. So, and so your so are you uh, kind of homeschooling or do you find actual schools? Because I, I remember um, when we had talked offline, you had mentioned like a, a organization that you belong to that that found housing and schooling. Is that how you travel or you do this on your own and kind of uh, homeschool as you go or or not? A little bit of both. So we definitely don't homeschool. Um, right now, between me and my husband, we are running four businesses. Um, so we are very busy in that sense, um, kind of like serial entrepreneurs, if you will. And it takes a lot of uh, mental energy and just time while the kids are away out of the house for us to be really focused on the things that we're doing for our business. So I, I don't homeschool them. Um, we What we have found is we have found local pop-up programs, pop-up 
pop-up schools or local schools to send them to. Um, and that was just, a, that's another reason why we have kind of slowed our travel down a little bit because I had mentioned to you, we, you know, we just have a lot going on with our business stuff and it was becoming increasingly difficult to find the right type of place for the kids to be, you know, when you're out and about and you don't know the area and you just, there's a lot of moving parts in terms of finding accommodations and figuring out where you get your groceries. And, um, you know, on top of that, trying to find a school for them that was going to fit with my philosophy, which is very uh, Montessori um, driven kind of um, what I would be looking for is that would be very aligned with a Montessori style approach. And so it's, it is just, it kind of became increasingly difficult to find that. Um, not that it's not out there, but more so that I just was having to put in so much time and effort to find what I was looking for, which is why we kind of scaled back a little bit at this point, but we're planning on essentially having the kids go to their, uh, Montessori inspired slash Montessori preschool, um, that's in our local area and then pulling them out for a month at a time or over the summer or extending vacations and doing some of these bigger world schooling trips where we go and we link up with um, families that we've met. We, we've just made some amazing connections and families from all over the world that we already are planning on seeing. Um, and we kind of all just stay in touch and we, you know, we, we get together and it's just a very unique set of people because they're all kind of doing very similar things, like very entrepreneurial and kind of out of the box. And so it's been a really great experience for sure. That's beautiful. And and I know that, you know, if your children are in Montessori schools and you want to travel, the beauty of Montessori is that wherever you go on the planet, it's going to be the same environment, like the, the children are going to feel at home because it's the same material and so forth. And that's what I, I love about it. So wonderful. Wonderful. I know that on your website and then, and then we've, we've been talking offline a bit. You, you talk a lot about the kind of parental burnout and this, this notion that parents feel that they constantly have to be doing something, <laughs> that they constantly have to be entertaining our children. And you and I know that that's not true and you don't have to. So, but um, how do you, like, what, you know, what is your advice to those parents who just have this, feel like they have this pressure that they need to constantly be doing something? I think it's such a loaded thing because I think that there's such a lack of support for parents. You know, we've lost like the proverbial village, if you will. And just, you know, from everything from the systemic stuff, it, it really does make um, raising children right now so unbelievably stressful. Um, we just, we don't have the support, everything, you know, childcare expenses are through the roof. Um, you know, employees are not necessarily so flexible with remote work or whatever it is. And, you know, I know some things are, you know, things are changing and hopefully, but not really as fast as they should. Um, so I, you know, I know that there's a lot of that external stuff that's happening, but I think that a lot of what the pressure is, um, that parents feel, especially with this sort of idea of entertaining their children is really coming from seeing social media, from seeing Pinterest, from going and having Google at their fingertips, and they're constantly being bombarded with information of what they should or shouldn't be doing. And, you know, not all of it is good information, as I'm sure you know, you know, out there in the world, there's a lot of bad um, advice, um, and a lot of things that are made to feel 
made to feel one way, but, um, you know, they really just shouldn't be that way. I think there's a lot of internal pressure that builds up. Um, and people think parents, especially moms feel that, like you said, they have to be entertaining their kids all the time. So to me, that means, you know, you're always playing with them. You're always on You're you're, you, you know, you're at their beck and call. They ask for water and you stop whatever you're doing and you jump up to get it for them. You know, you're setting up sensory activities or art craft projects or, you know, music lessons or all of these different things that are obviously so beneficial for our children in doses. But we have been made to feel just because this is what we're seeing online and, you know, in influencers feeds and on Pinterest that they're doing these things all the time, right? They're doing these all, all these unique activities or setting up these amazing themed bins for their kids to explore based on the, you know, the month or the, you know, Valentine's Day themed sensory bin or whatever it is. And it's just so much pressure. And not only I think is it unnecessary from a children's learning perspective. Um, I think that children really learn best from much more natural experiences. So your child helping you fold laundry is going to be a better overall experience than you setting down and having them do a very adult-led activity in your home. And so I think we really have to focus more on inviting children to really just participate in our day-to-day lives versus trying to cater everything to them, if that makes sense. To me, makes just total like, sense to me. Yeah, that's what that <laughs> simple mindset shift, I think, would alleviate a huge amount of pressure um, from parents feeling like they have to always be on. And it's really just interesting to me because a lot of the times I talk about this stuff and I'm like, I don't really feel very stressed out and I don't feel burnt out and I don't really feel a lot of these things. And then sometimes I'm like, am I like, weird? What is, you know, what is kind of wrong with me that I don't feel this way? And then I think back and I think about when I first became a mom and how, how much pressure I felt from being on in these mom groups and seeing all these moms posting about stimulating their six week old. And I was like, what, what do you mean stimulating your six week old? Like they sleep and poop. And when their eyes are awake, they're looking at the shadows on the wall and that's enough stimulation for them. And so I was like, I don't understand. And so it just kind of gave me this like eye opener of, and and that was part of the, the part of what kind of launched me into this business was because I was like, the fact that all of these parents feel this right now and that they're asking these kinds of questions is just such a huge, um, it's just pulls at my heart because I'm like, you don't have to be worried about that. And you just need to be snuggling your baby and, you know, going about your day and sleeping when your baby sleeps. Like you, you don't need to be worried about any of this stuff. And it, it just really made me feel like I felt called to help. I felt called to share that you really need to be doing less um, not only for your own mental health, but in fact, and I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this and I would love to kind of hear your thoughts, but, you know, constantly doing things for your children, dropping everything you're doing to get your child water when they can perfectly get it themselves or, you know, setting up all these activities where they're constantly being stimulated by this outside stuff. It really sets them up for difficulties later in life, because in my mind, it's, it's sort of like, it's right. It's cause and effect. If they never, have to 
be bored and experience what that feels like and kind of figure it out on their own, they're going to struggle. Or if they're always weighted on hand and foot and they're never made to be independent in, in those ways, right? Getting their own snack or putting on their own sneakers or just picking up their toys. These are opportunities for children to be learning these life skills. And we're almost robbing them of those opportunities because we step in so quickly and because we feel like we have to just be doing everything for them all the time. And, you know, then we we have, you know, older children, um, tweens, teens, young adults who still can't really function out in the real world without significant support and kind of like handholding, if you will. And it's just none of us, I think, really want that for our children. We want them to be independent. We want them to thrive. We want them to go out into the world and conquer whatever it is that they want to conquer. But if we're always doing everything for them and we're focused on constantly entertaining and keeping their brain just, you know, stimulated is just the best word to use, they're never going to learn how to figure it out, you know? And if they do, it's going to take a significantly longer period of time for them to do that. Definitely. I agree with you 100%. To me, it's this notion of feeling that we have to be our children's servants uh, is really actually doing them a disservice. Because, you know, like you say, they're not learning the skills, they're not given the opportunity to master skills that are, you know, just regular day to day things. And, And I know for me, you know, when parents are, are quote unquote complaining that, you know, they can't get dinner ready because their child is always wanting their attention. Well, to me, that is just an opportunity to involve them in what you are doing. So instead of trying to constantly, you know, entertain your child and and think of things that you have to create and go out and buy and like, you're, 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 first of all, you're making more work for yourself. Uh, secondly, your children do not need all of that. And, and thirdly, it's just invite them in what you're already doing, because that's what they're fascinated with. They've been watching you, they've been, you know, and all they want to do is, is do what we're doing. And I think like, what we don't realize, um, or what a lot of parents don't realize is that children are born wanting to help. They want to replicate what they're seeing the adult do. And so we oftentimes, you know, of course, it's like more work sometimes, you know, they're trying to help fold the laundry and you're like, oh my gosh, if you could just go away, then I could get this done faster. But I think that goes back to my point of kind of embracing the chaos. And it's all about building a relationship with your child. And so what if it takes an extra five minutes? We just really have to um, slow our parenting down and, you know, understand that children really are also extremely more capable than what we give them credit for. Um, you know, we think, oh goodness, my child has to drink out of a plastic cup until they're 10 years old. And, you know, my children start drinking out of glassware when they're, whenever they start drinking, right? So six months or eight months when they're starting to drink water. And, I think we've maybe broken one glass in eight years, you know, and it's just when you give children the respect and that kind of, to me, it's almost comes down to that. You're respecting their capabilities. You're trusting that they will rise to the occasion. And I think 
we forget that. And I, it's also obviously like completely commercialized. Parenting has become completely commercialized. So it's like, oh, your toddler needs these 15 different sippy cups, right? So that they can, you know, not spill their drink everywhere. And, or, you know, they need this, this um, fancy, you know, this designed spoon that's gonna, you know, make it a little bit easier for them to get the mashed potatoes on it. And it's like, you could just give them like a small spoon, they'll figure it out or they'll use their hands. And, you know, so it's just this thing where we have this, this, you know, overtaking of the baby industry, if you will, that has all these products and things that kind of you look and you're like, oh my God, I need all these things. And, you know, again, it comes back to, you feel that pressure because you see it and you see all these other people getting it, or, you know, I need all these different containers for my baby to put them from one place to another, to keep them, you know, to keep them up and keep them, you know, their minds working and to keep them, you know, um, stimulated. Again, I keep going back to that word. And it's like, you don't need any of that stuff. Just put them on the floor and they're going to be fine. And it's just such a moneymaker. And we're, you know, we've kind of come into this like whole world of material, you know, needs for babies. And it's just become a whole industry, you know, and some of it's great. Like some of the progress that we've made in certain kids things are awesome. Um, and I'd say like 95% of them are completely unnecessary and parents just see them and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I need to get this because my kid won't be able to do whatever unless I have it. And it's like, no, you're, they're very capable, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because when you talk about the baby industry, for me, it is, you know, it is geared towards those who are spending the money, right? It's not really geared for the children, like so much of it is not even developmentally appropriate, right? It's really more about the parent feeling like they're doing something, like they are, you know, quote unquote, good parents. When honestly, to me, like the less of these items you have, the better it is for your child to, you know, even, even like, um, the, the exorcisers, you know, these, these, contraptions that we're putting our children into. So first of all, those things are, you know, we're, we're, we're putting a child into something. They can't get themselves in. They can't get themselves out. They're, they're kind of trapped, but it's for the parents, uh, ease because then they, they feel like, you know, their, their child is quote unquote entertained or they're, they're, you know, they, they can move around. But the, the ideal is, you know, like Alana is saying, is like, put your child on the floor and let them figure out what their body is capable of. And they're going to figure it out. They will. And I think that's the thing is parents are so eager to rush. You know, I don't think it's a, I think it's a very subtle, like, I don't think that they really mean to feel, to, to be rushing their child. I don't think anybody you know, of course, some days we wish the day away, right? Of course, because the days are long, the years are short. What they say is totally true. But we feel like we want them to be sitting up. We want them to be walking. We want them to be doing these things. And somehow we think we've been told this these lies that these types of things, containers or contraptions or, or you know, whatever it is, toys um, are going to help them get there faster. And it's like, this isn't a race. Our children are going to develop. They've been developing for what, hundreds of however many thousands of years, and they know what they need to do in order to, to 
you know, to develop their bodies. Of course, obviously there are some children who need different supports, but from a general, you know, a general speaking perspective, they really do know what they need. And I think we have this idea that we like, you know, we have to always be putting them somewhere, putting them into something, entertaining them. You know, this whole notion, for example, of these educational toys. I always laugh when I hear that. And I, I'm like, an educational toy is a box or a set of wooden blocks. And edu- if, if something says it's an educational toy on the box, it's very likely not an educational toy, right? It might be teaching them something, but it's not teaching them what you think it's teaching them. Um, and obviously there's a whole market for that stuff and parents eat it up because of course they feel like pressure again to um, educate their kids, right? To keep their kids ahead of the curve and they want them learning and stimulated. And and so they, they believe these marketing tactics um, and it's really one of the things, again, I go, you know, back to Montessori because it's, it's just such a different and Montessori, the word and, you know, a lot of the quote unquote toys, Montessori toys and Montessori environments have become commercialized as well and really kind of taken over. And it's, it's unfortunate because I think if we educated parents about the philosophy of education, like that's coming from Maria Montessori and how she viewed children's learning and how she viewed the environment, they would understand that basically all the things that they're being sold are really not at all what Montessori is. Montessori is a mindset. It's a philosophy. It can absolutely um, help shape your parenting style. Um, But it's just like, oh, I've got to get this specific block set because it's a Montessori block set. Or I have to get this, you know, pinwheel thing because it's a Montessori toy. And it's just kind of like, it's unfortunate that people capitalize on that in order to obviously make money and to sell, you know, things to parents. And meanwhile, the actual philosophy has been eroded and the whole approach is never really talked about. It's more just, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to go get this Montessori toy because I heard Montessori is great. Um, That's where I'm like, wait a second, can I be the person to come in and say, hey, you know that's great. That's a beautiful wooden toy, whatever it is. But here's why you need to know why you're buying that toy. Like there's a reason why some of these things are good or aren't quote unquote, you know, good or bad, right? To kind of use that dichotomy, but there's a reason that certain toys are better for kids. Um, And understanding the reason behind it to me is where we need to focus because if we educate again, parents about that, then they have the the knowledge and they have the power to make the decisions based on based on information that's grounded in research that based on fact um, that's not just consumer driven and so to me that's again kind of where I I um, started to just get pulled towards the educating parents about all this stuff because I think. Um, it, it, it once you realize, and, and I've had people kind of, you know, I have a course that I and I work with people one on one sometimes, and they'll they're just like, I can't like a- after seeing this, I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, this is so simple, and I'm making it so much harder for myself, and I want to be like, yeah, you know, it's hard, but I'm not going to tell you that right up front, but it really is, and there's just such a, a such a more simplified approach, um, and I've kind of been leaning into this. Um, 
this term of slow parenting, like really just slowing down our, our, our movements, our days, like stop packing so many things into the day, stop trying to get so many things done, slowing down our process so our child can be involved, really actually enjoying the little moments, um, which I think we tend to not necessarily do because we're so caught up in getting through the day or, or, you know, making sure that everyone is perfectly happy all the time. And we don't just kind of sit with the parenting and the relationship. And I think that that's, if we want to be happier as parents and as moms, I think that's a key thing for us to focus on is really slowing down and enjoying all of this because it it is enjoyable. You know, it's the most amazing thing that you're going to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I will say maybe, you know, not everybody feels that it's enjoyable and some days it's not all that enjoyable. I have four little kids. Not every day is enjoyable, but even in those moments, I guess to me, I think even in those moments, and again, don't get me wrong, we have days that are complete chaos and I want to rip my hair out. But at the end of the day, I guess, I think my thing is really focusing on shifting that mindset of like, yeah, today sucked. Today was hard. Today felt really overwhelming. And I yelled, right? Or I did, I took something away that didn't make sense. Or I, you know, made a threat that I'm never going to follow through on. And that's okay. Like sit with that, you know, process understand your own triggers, try to work through that. And, you know, you wake up the next day and you, you, you come at it from a, of a, you come at it from a place of forgiveness for your own, um, you know, missteps because we're all going to make them and, and not trying to make everything perfect because when you're striving for perfection, you're going to always feel defeated. You're always going to feel like a failure. And then that's just like a cyclical thing. And so, yeah, it is chaos. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, there's times like the dog is barking. My kid just spilled a whole thing of milk. Someone's screaming, you know, the other one just pooped on the floor and you're like, oh my God, what is happening right now? But then it's like, if you kind of just step back and say, wow, this is chaos. And I'm going to just sit with that. And I'm going to try to really just let it go and know that it's going to be okay. You know, I'll get it cleaned up and we'll move forward. And the next day might be better, or maybe the next week you're going through a hard week or a hard month, you know? And, you know, I always, I was just talking to my sister-in-law about this because she's a newer mom and she was just in this really, really hard period. And I reminded her yesterday, I said, so think back to the first few weeks when you brought the baby home and how overwhelmed and how you felt like you just, you didn't think you were going to make it through and now look where you are. You made it. You made it through. And so when you're thinking about when you're in those really difficult situations, I guess my advice is really just try to think back to a time where you also felt like you weren't going to get through it, right? We've all had those periods. Everyone in the house is puking and you're just like, I don't, I can't do this. I am not going to make it until tomorrow, but somehow you do. And then you go on with your life and, and the next thing happens. And so really thinking about all of the obstacles that you have overcome and you've come out on the other side, those are the things to kind of put in the forefront of your mind 
when you're in those really difficult moments, whether it's a day, an hour, a day, a week, a month, because, you know, we always, we always move forward. You know, that's what we do as moms. We take one step, the next step and the next step because we love our kids and we just, you know, we're never going to give up. And, and I think that to me is kind of like how we find that happiness. It's not something that's just going to come to us necessarily. Right. And, and to me, what you, you know, what I'm hearing also is this notion that this too shall pass and that, that, that this is a very finite moment in, in the life of, you know, these humans that we, that we happen to be raising, that this is, you know, they're, they're not going to be two forever. Like this, this too shall pass. And so I love when you say, you know, embracing the chaos, it's just like, oh my God, this is very chaotic. And, you know, it's not going to always be this way. Uh, there will be days where, you know, it's going to be very quiet, uh, you know, such as in, in my home, I only have two children, but they're both gone. And, you know, I'm now an empty nester. Never would I have imagined that, you know, 18 years in ago moment, or so. You can't exactly. even fathom, right? You're like, I just want an hour of quiet. <laughs> And now, and now I long for them, right? Yeah. Because they're, they're, they're both traveling, they're both far away. And uh, so, so, you know, I love what you're saying about really embracing the moment and the chaos and just, just know that, you know, it's, it's not an emergency, you are going to get through this. And, and we've got your back. So, yeah. And yeah. reaching out for help, for sure. Like just your comment, just like we have your back. There are, there are, you know, so many moms out there who are experiencing the same thing, find a local, you know, online group, find your, your people, reach out to your family, your friends. Don't feel like if you're having a bad day, you can't pick up the phone and say, oh my God, I just need you to come over here and just be another set of hands for an hour. You know, I, I guarantee that the vast majority of us have someone in our life, um, that would do that for us. And we don't want to ask for help, right? Like a lot of the times I feel like we kind of feel like we want to just do it. And we don't want to, we don't want people to see that we're struggling. We don't want people to see we're overwhelmed, but we don't have that village. And so really focusing on putting together your village and making it happen for yourself, um, finding those few people, finding a group that's local um, and really leaning into that when you feel like you need it. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I think it's it's very important what you say about creating our community and and not because we we are parenting in total isolation, right? This is modern day parenting is unfortunate. We're we're you know we're super connected on the internet and whatever, but <laughs> but we're parenting in total isolation. So it's very important to you know, go to a mommy and me group, uh, go to, to a place where you can connect with your local, with your local people. And, and you will, you will end up finding them, you know, there might be trial and error. I know I have a, um, a young friend, she, she's the niece of a good friend of mine who's just become a mother. And she was saying that she was struggling with finding her people, which which I can understand, right? We have different values, we have different mindsets, uh, and so forth. But it's being persistent. And, and you know, you will you will end up finding uh, that core group of other parents who are on the same page as you that you guys can lean on each other. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So as as we wrap up, I, I always like to kind of wrap up with a more personal question, if I may. Yeah. And so when you said that your eldest was eight, so if you were to think back to nine years ago when you were expecting your first child, what wise words would you tell yourself knowing all that you know today? Oh, my goodness. So I think... Um, he's turning eight in June and it's just baffling to me. Like I look at him and I'm like, what is happening? And he's starting to become a real boy and it's just not okay. Um, and I think what I would say, and I hate this word, (laughs) but relax. I think when I first became a mom, I was sitting there, I was tracking everything. I had up my, I was, I would remember breastfeeding in the middle of the night and I had him on one boob and I was sitting there trying to type in my, you know, how many minutes he had been nursing on that side. And, and I was trying to just keep track of all these things. And I think that made that first um, experience as a mom so unnecessarily stressful. I think trusting your instincts, um, you know, learning as much as you can about child development, about emotional intelligence, about parenting, right? I think that is important. And I think it's also important to just trust. You'll figure it out because you it's a natural bond that you're going to feel, you know, sometimes not right away. Um, but you, you know, you can sense, you know, you don't need to put a timer on to see if your baby needs to eat. If your baby is waking up and they're fussing and they're, you know, rubbing against you, they're hungry. And just really like leaning into those more instinctual feelings and those more natural cues versus trying to like over analyze every little thing, which was my biggest, biggest mistake um, as a new mom. And now obviously after four, I'm like, it's all good. We we need nothing. Like I could do this a hundred times and I would, you know, I'm in my, I'm would feel great about it. But that, that first baby, and, you know, usually it kind of continues because if you don't really realize how stressful that's making it, you're going to, you know, you just don't necessarily think about it that way, I guess, is because everyone makes you feel like you should be doing all those tracking things. Right, right. Lovely. Well, this has been uh, delightful, Alana, to to get to know you and and hear all about your adventures and, and wisdom and so forth. Any any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Um, I would just direct people. I have tons of free resources on my website if they want to check them out, um, playlearnthrive.com. And I do have a course that teaches kind of all about this stuff, like letting go and simplifying your parenting. Um, But just you got it. You know, you have this. You're doing an amazing job. The best thing that you can do is keep learning and keep growing and keep trying to just better yourself as a parent. And I think if you're listening to this, you're obviously doing that. And so you are doing an amazing job. Yes. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for uh, making the time to being on The Art of Parenting today. Thank you. Thank you. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Art of Parenting podcast. And if you did, please share it with your loved ones and make sure to leave a review so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.